0: You're listening to Cross the Line 1524, the Common Man's Podcast. Mark your calendars now for Saturday, September 4th. It's the Bourbon Tasting and Benefit Pie Auction sponsored by Main Street Brookville. It will be held in third place, the event center at 734 Main Street. That's right, a bourbon tasting event featuring hard Truth Distillery with special guest Greg Lynch from Hard Truth. Pricing's as follows. If you just want to come hang out, have some appetizers, a pizza bar with soft drinks, it's $15. If you want to do appetizers, the pizza bar with soft drinks and try the East Fork bourbon flight option, that's $50. Appetizers, pizza bar with soft drinks and the West Fork bourbon option is $90. The pie auction proceeds, benefit additional Christmas lights on Main Street in Brookville, Indiana. What a great way to do this. A little bourbon, a little pie, and a whole lot of fun. Make plans now. Additional information will be available here and on the Main Street Brookville Facebook page. Once again, it's Saturday, September 4th. The bourbon tasting starts at 6.30, with the pie auction starting at 7.30. For the Pie Auction, and bourbon tasting event sponsored by Main Street Brookville and held at 3rd Place Event Center, Brookville, Indiana. 3rd Place. The place to be. Did we mention that Cross the Line 1524 will be there as well? That's right. Cross the Line 1524 will act as your official host, MC, and we'll have a podcast all at the same time. What a great event. We hope to see you all on September 4th. At third place in Brookville, Indiana, for the bourbon tasting event and benefit pie auction. See you there. I came just one drink, and that's all I got now. Don't you think? That's right. That's how it all gets started here at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy. Just one drink. Welcome to Cross the Line 1524. We're recording with a live audience as usual. Sit back, relax, and join Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Reuben Hunt, and myself, Alan Stenger, for the Common Man's Podcast. Cross the Line 1524. Gentlemen, the drinks are flowing at the rust nail yes, Speakeasy. Yes, they are.
1: Yes, they are. I think I'm on number three or four now. We're
0: going to introduce Table 12 first. Table 12, how you guys doing?
1: God love them, ladies. Yeah,
0: so <laughs> what's funny, it's a couple weeks ago we were reviewed by another podcaster. All he does is review podcasts. And one of, the, one of the things he thought was great is that we were with a live audience. I mean, you know, and he's like, I don't think it's a real speakeasy. But by the time he was done with this podcast, he, he goes, thought it was. well, it might be a real speakeasy. <laughs> well, hell yeah, it's a real speakeasy. A real, and there's a
2: password,
0: exactly. too. Exactly. So we're we the Rusted nail Speakeasy outside of Brookville, sh-
1: Indiana.
0: I'm Alan Stanger with... Dwayne Bischoff, and we're the 15 side.
1: Jeff Montag. And Ruben Hunt, and we're the 24 side.
0: And our special guest...
3: Ryan Patterson And Ryan So before we go any far Ryan, where'd you go to school?
4: I went to Frank County High School Yes the, Thank you oh, 24, so 24 side 24 <laughs> side That's why
0: you guys are on that side of the speakeasy bar and we're on the good side <laughs> And we're on the good side
1: Wait a wait, minute, wait, wait, Jeff, if I look right, they're on the serving side Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're on the ownership <laughs> side <laughs> There you go
0: <laughs> Right now, I'm on the drinking side <laughs> So let's talk about what we got to drink. Dwayne, what you drinking over there?
2: I'm on my Evan and uh, Pepsi Zero.
0: My Harvest Rum
2: and uh, Pepsi Zero.
0: Ryan, what you got? Matty Glenn. So that, for the, those who don't know, the Matty Gladden's from the French Lick Distillery. And I uh, think our,
4: uh, our, our, our buddies brought that up. Yeah, here, our
0: right? friends, uh, the gardeners from Tebby Liquor and Batesville Liquor Co. brought us that. So, Rube, what you got?
1: I have got Buffalo Trace and, Buff- and uh, pe- Pepsi Zero.
0: So I have my friend Yellowstone here. Uh, from almost had Limestone right. Branch.
3: So getting awful, uh, getting awful cozy with Yellowstone. Yes, I am. I so have am. Have you tried
1: that yet? not it's
4: very good yes it if is. i just saw the rebel back there i would have gone for that that's my daughter's my middle daughter's name is rebel oh is no is right yeah
0: now? we can tell you some stories about it. we went to that distillery so a wait a minute ago.
4: what's
3: this tell you about a guy who names his daughter After rebel now. rebel
4: yeah we should name her tranquility <laughs> <laughs> no you don't
3: want to tranquil you want rebel
2: as a girl well, i know no. you want rebel fits pretty young. yeah she's
4: a feral <laughs> raccoon that eats fish crackers <laughs> <laughs> she's electric though like you know what you fit awesome. in here just yeah. Fine. Yeah.
2: But, but you know what though when she gets my daughter's 30 now and those that's what you want because she won't take no crap she'll be her own girl and, she and might you might not have to worry about her. Her.
4: she might drive a race car and I she watched, might drive a race car we were on vacation and she punched a, a three or four year old boy in the face yeah. there you had, go girl he was messing with her and pulling on her and we, we told his parents like hey she's going to hit him if he doesn't stop. (laughs) So he had fair warning. She stepped right into it. She was punching him right in the back of his head through his teeth. um, Made good contact. Put him on the ground. He didn't mess there anymore. And you went, yes, my girl. I told him. I was like, I'm not going to discipline that, man. I told you this was going to happen. Was
0: that military training you passed down to her?
4: Uh, I think she picked that up on the streets. (laughs) You know what you call that. You call that a rebel yell.
0: Yeah. A
2: rebel yell. But hey, there ain't nothing wrong with a girl taking care of herself.
4: Absolutely not.
1: Uh,
2: You know?
0: So. As most of you know, we try to stay away from political items. Uh, I emailed the guys this week, and I, I have a very strong feeling there's some things we need to talk about because they're going to affect us as a country, as a whole, because some things that are being done. So we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Afghanistan, and we're blessed with Ryan here. Ryan? How many times did you serve in Afghanistan?
4: I did three deployments to Afghanistan.
0: So staying in a, at the bar, as far as I'm concerned, is the closest thing we have an, as a, an expert on what's going on. What's your military
4: yes. title at that time? Uh, I was a uh, aviation operations sergeant. Um, my first deployment, I was with a... Uh, my first and second deployments, I was with a Full Spectrum Aviation Task Forces. My third deployment, I was an Aero Medical Evacuations Non-Commissioned Officer. So I dealt strictly with medical evacuations. Awesome. Okay.
0: Obviously, a lot of things have happened here lately. Quite honestly, overnight, the troops were pulled out of Afghanistan. And what happened within a week's time is the government fell. We got all kind of chaos over there. So we're a different country. We're different,
3: different culture, different culture is What I want term, to use. Yeah, so
0: it's evident that the culture over there is a lot different than ours. And and I'm so from your experience. Uh, first of all, I'm I'm discipline. I'm glad the troops are out, but it was as far as I'm concerned, it was done wrong. Correct to, to me, it was no different in the way we pulled out of Vietnam at the end. Right, and and it just. There, there could have been a more structured, when you pull the last 2,500 U.S. troops, now there were other troops over there that pulled out as well, but there were 2,500 American troops they pulled out. Now we're sending 5,000 back in to try to straighten it out, which I don't think will ever happen.
2: Well, now. And they're on the defensive now. I'm, yeah. well, I'm just and talking. we're going to let Ryan do the talking <laughs> but here. But.
4: I think they're going in on the defensive just to kind of cushion to be able to get everybody out. They're doing evacuations. We actually we train for this stuff all the time. If you're uh, if you're doing conventional warfare training, um, this is a this is a task you do. um, Evacuation of of government officials um, from areas like that. As far as getting out interpreters, um, Afghan soldiers, things like that, that's a little bit of a different matter. Uh, But as far as getting out, like anybody from the embassy. Um, any U.S. contractors that are there. like This is something that like the military is very good at. They've got units on standby to do this all the time to where at any point a government falls. Um,
0: we can get our people
4: out. Yeah, barring some events that had happened in the past, you can get everybody out.
2: So it's a secure... In layman terms, it's kind of like a security force to go in, secure the outside, get everybody out, and then pull back up themselves. Yeah, essentially,
4: yeah. This is just on a much larger scale. Right. Instead of... Pulling some people out of a building, you have an entire airfield you need to secure. Right.
0: So, so I think one of the things I was very disappointed about is it appears, and I could be wrong, but from everything I've read and seen, that not only did we leave equipment and uh, military gear there that now we don't have, they, the Taliban has, uh, I mean, it just seems like we pulled out overnight and, in fact, some of the Afghan officials said it was like they didn't even have the notice that, you know, the next morning they walk in and we're gone. Right. So that just – and and you can – you know, you know that area better than we do, obviously. I, I just personally don't think that was the right way to do it, nor do I think, you know, I, I will be political here. Our, our, our commander-in-chief, you know, to sit for three days and not say a word about it, as you're seeing on TV – uh really a caboclo going on over there it was very disheartening so here's we was on a vacation
1: in camp david here's a question i have and it's it's this is for you ryan based on what you see now what's going on and we strictly have news reports of what we're doing what is your fair assessment of of this situation is it as dire as being promoted
4: it's kind of hard to tell afghanistan's a very weird country um it shouldn't it shouldn't even be a country. It should be it should be labeled as tribal lands on a map. Right. Um. There's it's so diverse. There's some valleys. It doesn't matter if you were American, French. Uh, if you were another tribe of Afghan, if you went in that valley, you were gonna get shot at. So, in the remote regions, is it as bad as is as it is in Kabul? I, I can't speak to that. Right. Um, okay. Kabul and Kandahar are what you're seeing the major the mostly on the news right now. Um, surprisingly, like, Kabul is a very big city. Um, if you fly over it at night, it, it looks like you're flying over Cincinnati. Like it's very well lit. There are big billboards everywhere. Okay. Um, as far as Afghan villages and towns and cities go, like Kabul, there's a Coke, there's a Coke plant in Kabul. Like it's it's a okay. very big built. Yeah, and see, you city. really
0: don't get that feeling. You don't listening to the news. You know, right. you, you think they're all it's, little huts in the middle of a desert. Yeah, you think it's, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind you of. Think what, you're in Haiti, I, right? I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean that's. I, I think probably 90% of the American public's perception is when you hear Kabul, you hear uh, a St. Leon, but with huts. Right. I mean, and you know, that's, not that's that why size.
4: Now, if you go 15 miles in any direction of Kabul, you are that's what there. you're hitting. You're hitting mud huts that don't have power, that have right. a right. slit trench outside instead of, a, a. there's no indoor plumbing.
2: But I think most people's perception, and I didn't realize it was that big big of a city until you start looking into it more and you're going holy crap this i mean this is a metropolis and not just
4: a bunch of dirt huts in the middle of the desert so in the in the 70s kabul was a va- was a vacation destination right oh wow it was very it, i, I want to say it was westernized but it was very western friendly right like, <laughs> a lot of people on vacations there and then the russians invaded in the 80s and then you had all that mess and it, it just kind of snowballed from there once you destabilize one government, the trickle-down effect from it trying to restabilize itself, especially with foreign interference. Right. It, it's not an easy process.
0: Right. So one of the things, you know, prior to pulling the troops out, our, pre- our president went on TV, said, there will be no problem at all. The Afghan army will be able to take care of things. And just the opposite happened. It was like they laid over. So in your experience, was that... Um, Expected. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say. So what I saw today was from uh, military advisors. Is that's what they had expected, but that's not what the it president told. told us, right? So what, what? I mean, obviously you were over there. You you know are, are they It seems like we were the the spine of the Afghan army. Is is the feeling oh, we you get now?
4: Um, the the best analogy I've used to explain to people is, you know, if you're. You played a video game on easy for 20 years, and then all of a sudden it gets switched to hard.
5: <laughs>
2: we That's took a good analogy. Most,
4: we took a third world army. We modeled after the most technologically reliant military force on the planet, and then we left them high and dry. And, 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 and I, don't, I don't want to say we left them high. Maybe high and dry is not the, the best. We were there for 20 years. Right. We started pulling out. I remember shutting down FOBs in 2013. There's a Netflix documentary that was filmed in 2014 about the withdrawal, and then we just never left. We just kind of kept hanging out. Um, I was in Afghanistan 2010 for the surge uh, with General Petraeus when he, he basically modeled right. after Iraq. Uh, we, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was a, it was a lot of troops going in Afghanistan. Right. Um, 2000, so me being you know, Private Patterson when I went there the first time, I was like, okay, Osama bin Laden is still a thing. Right. This is why we're here. Right. That's how I rationalize it. No problem. Summit lines killed. I go back 2012. Bo Bergdahl. Still a thing. We're not going to leave Bo Bergdahl. We have to stabilize what's going on here. Right. We're going to be here for a little while longer. Um, I went to Alaska. I didn't deploy for three years. I went back in 2017. I looked at my commander and I go, hey, man, what are we doing here? Right. And nobody could give me an answer. We We started reopening... Forward operation base and combat outpost that we closed in 2013. I remember looking at a map. My, my platoon leader, who had never deployed before, a young lieutenant, was like, "Well, we're going to this place called Dash Tope. And I'm like, "Yeah, man, it's right there in this valley, and we closed it in 2013. Why are we going there? I don't understand what we're doing." Right. And it was it was. You were was, there to be there. It's what it felt like. All right. Um. So I, we could. I could see. I could see progress being made up until that point. So when I, 2010 when I went there, um, there was no partnered forces. We were still trying to stand the Afghan army up on its own. It was all U.S. only patrols. 2012, it started being a little bit more jointed. The Afghans started going out on their own. We had guys working with their, with their pilots in their air force. Um, a lot of people don't... Yeah. Aviation is such a game changer and it's such an unfair advantage when you're <clears throat> when you're conducting operations in the mountains where walking is it's just not feasible to walk across these mountains and you can you can move, it gives you mobility, lethality, like it is such a force multiplier. So we started training these guys on how to use helicopters to help them out. And then when I went back seventeen, eighteen, everything we did was um, special operations support. There were there were no the only conventional forces leaving to go do anything. And in our area, I don't, I don't want to speak for the whole country because something might, might have been going on that I wasn't aware of. Um, but in regional command southeast where I was at. I'm, I'm sorry, no. Yeah, it was. Logar province. Logar province. Logar, Logar Wardak, Patika. It was all Army Rangers with Afghans. It was all special forces teams with Afghans. It was all British SAS and SBS teams with Afghans. They were there as augmentees and support, and that was it. They were Afghan-led, Afghan-led missions, but they were coalition force planned and executed. Right. So I, I can I can tell you when, I can tell you the moment where I was like, man, we're never getting out of here. And it was in 2012 when the first Afghan forces went out on their own. Um, the, there was a, a firefight. We were told when they went out, we were briefed, like, hey, the Afghans are going out on their own we are not supporting them they've got they've got their own assets to support themselves if they get in in an issue they need to call afghans for help well they had an issue they took some fire had a casualty they called us for medical evacuation we told them to call the afghan air force about 15 minutes later um president karzai had notified the secretary of defense that they were no longer gonna go out and do patrols unless we went and picked this guy up so with there being no US, no U.S. forces on the ground, we couldn't just launch a medevac helicopter like we typically do because there's nobody on the ground to talk to. Right. So we launched two uh, attack helicopters, two assault Blackhawks, and one Med Blackhawk. Uh, the Apaches got there first, secured the area. The Blackhawk landed, put 12, 15 troops on ground to put a perimeter and give the medevac aircraft somebody to talk to. We landed and picked the guy up. And it was that moment where I was like, man, we're never getting out of here.
0: So why do you think it is that Mm-hmm. The Taliban is so resolute, but the Afghan army
4: is not. I'm To say the Afghan resolu- Afghan military, the Afghan army, I think it's unfair. The Afghan leadership okay. is the issue. Uh, the leadership in Afghanistan has been corrupt forever. Right, Everybody knows that they're taking money from whoever will give them money, whether, right. It's, right. whether it's us giving them money for support. Yep. I keep seeing on social media, like, look at all the U.S. weapons we left there. Those ain't ours. Those all belong to A&A. Like that was that was part of the program. Like the, all those helicopters there, those aren't US helicopters. Those are Afghan helicopters. All those MRAPs, M16s. Those are Afghan MRAPs and M16s. Right. We didn't leave anything. Right. That's theirs.
1: That's what I was thinking when I saw some of that stuff. Okay. 26. You
4: know, uh, I, I looked at
1: this and I, I look at a con it's wrong for me to say, but I look at a comic boy. I feel like uh, I had Bruce Lee as a partner uh, being an Afghanist guy and then uh, all of a sudden Bruce Lee went home and now I can't kick anybody's ass right I don't have anybody to back me up and I think that's what America is seeing what's going Wait, on you
0: gotta get did. this shit right Ruben. <laughs> right. you had Chuck Norris Chuck, yeah. okay, Chuck
1: Norris right so they lost their backbone uh, the Americans stepped out. Afghan said, "You know what? We don't have the badass Americans. Or we don't have the British or anybody backing us up. They're just going to lay down and walk away." Well,
4: Afghan, Afghan military commanders are telling their troops to surrender right now. Right. If you go, on Reddit is a great place to look for stuff. YouTube filters a lot of things. There are all kinds of videos on Reddit of Afghan soldiers telling their commanders they would rather right. die. And
1: they're the highest paid soldiers in the world.
4: The Afghan. Right. They're, they're the Afghan. Soldiers, not their commanders, are saying, "I would rather die than give the Taliban my weapons." Yes,
1: but the but the leadership, is,
4: and the leadership is telling them to surrender. Right, and you've got nothing without a good leader. Exactly. And like I said, we we took we took them and they, we molded them after the American military, and we made them reliant for their planning, for their mission execution on all this technology right. that they just don't have anymore.
2: Right. So. They should have based it on a 1950s army.
4: Right. As
2: far as technology-wise, base them on 50s, 60s with less technology, more just common sense. The the,
4: the money that was spent as well. Initially, we were outfitting the Afghans with Russian helicopters. Um, Russian helicopters run forever. The very low maintenance maintenance on them, um, very mechanically sound, not quite the capabilities that a Black Hawk or anything like that would have. Um, the Afghan government says no. We want Blackhawks. Blackhawks have contractor support. If the U.S. military lost their contractor support right now, they would be in a world of hurt. Somebody, so how, ma-
0: how many? If, if you were to estimate how many contractors are still over
4: there, oh, I couldn't. I, I could even take a swag of that number. I don't know how many contractors yeah. were remaining after the U.S. forces left. I don't know how many yeah. contractors so the Afghan military had on contracts. So that's I'm not. A lot of people
0: that. don't understand is the amount of contract.
2: Yeah, folks
5: over
0: there,
1: right?
0: So uh, I mean, and it's, a lot it's of the contractors
1: just, uh, we have are are Afghani's. I mean, they're Afghanistan people that are contractors too. So uh, no, yeah. upon, no, 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 sorry, let me change that. Based upon news reports, because <laughs> uh, to, if it's
4: a Dynacore, uh, if it's if it's a if it's a to work on a Sikorsky helicopter. Probably not Afghan, right?
1: No, no. I am talking about linguists and things like that, and support people in the field.
4: Well, yeah. those those are not they're not they're not necessarily contractors in the in the sense. Maybe we're maybe we're saying the same word, but we're just meaning it differently, right? For me, a, a contractor is a technical expert on a piece of equipment. Okay, um, right. support for – support. For, I, I never had a meal cooked by an army cook in the three years I was in Afghanistan. It was all done by KBR and Dynacorp. It was contracted companies. Um, right. Most of the people in the kitchens were Nepalese. Um, so. Though, when I speak of contractors, that's what I mean. Um, right. Interpreters, things of that nature, like people who like intelligence, those are they, they can be done under contract, but I don't really consider them con- contractors. Okay. Well, thanks for clearing that up. Same, yeah. In the same in the sure. same sense.
1: Okay, we don't know the difference here.
0: Well, I, right. That's why we have
1: Ryan
4: here. That's right.
0: That's
1: exactly right.
0: So, what do you? I mean, what do you see in the future over there?
4: Um. There's already. A good resistance going on in the south right now um there have been a lot of afghan military that have deserted their military units to go and join resistance units it's gonna be bad it's gonna be ugly for a while um and as far as like our the way we left i don't know i'm not saying that what we did was right but i'm definitely not in a position to say hey this is how we should have done it um i, I think while I disagree with a lot of things, I think it's unfair to wholly put the blame on a person who's been in office for 70 days on a war that's been going on for 20 years. Okay. Now, I, I, things were done that I disagree with on that as well, but I, I think the majority of the, of the displeasure with the way things are going, it's 70 days for a 20-year war, guys.
0: Well, I think some of it is the, the lack of disclosure and false statements quite honestly
4: so
3: for me for me so again we get optics right we see what we see so what i can tell you when the other day when i came home from work and i saw one of our air force airplanes going down a freaking uh runway and the whole thing had been overrun by and we can say they're friendlies panicking friendlies afghanistan people but i'm thinking that's our military aircraft how can how can we be in a position that our military aircraft is that exposed trying to take off from a freaking airport whether it's friendlies or not right and i was just appalled to think that they had just total control had been lost to that space
4: but absolutely had and I, I, I think that I think real ex- realistic expectations of how long the Afghan military will be able to hold their own were not met at all. No. Uh, I mean, the president left left the country within days. Within days of everything happening. Right. Yeah. Um. Most of their most of their senior leadership is displaced at this point. So.
2: When he was making
4: excuses on. He took the money and you know, ran. Well, he was
2: making excuses on on TV about you know what the reasons were, and it's like, you no, know, you should have stayed there and led. Like, uh, it goes back to what he said. There's no leadership. There's he said. Nobody... He
4: said months ago that he would die in Afghanistan. Right. And I can't remember the, the quote exactly, right. but he he's, he he was asked, and he said, "I'll die in Afghanistan before I and leave." And he left. So take the check and run. Yeah, I, I think our our faith in the in the Afghan military to stay a cohesive unit of a, a, and have the ability to co- conduct defensive and combat operations after we left. I don't. I don't know if we could have. I don't know if, if there's any way we could have been, we could have saw this falling as quickly as it did. Fair enough. So I think,
3: I, I think, you know, when you look at it, big picture, all Americans say we want our troops out of there. We yes. want our troops out of there. I would say that for, for uh, South Korea as well. But we're holding the line. It's, again, it's a stalemate, right? In, in Korea. If we up
4: and left South Korea, what would happen? South Korea is absolutely our biggest foreign ally. A lot of people will uh, I, I agree. look at other nations and be like, oh, Israel is our greatest ally. <coughs> South Korea, South Korea. Well, uh, is without a doubt our greatest military and strategic ally. I agree yeah. with
3: that. But if we upped and left there, what would happen? And I think over inside of five years, it would be horrific.
4: I've, I've never been to Korea. I'm not an expert on Korea. I disagree. I think the Korean military, and this is this, like I said, I'm this is I'm speaking about Korea the same way you guys talk about Afghanistan. Never been, I've never done any training on right. anything involving Korea, North Korea, but from what I understand about North Korea and the way their people are treated, and the way it's it's a it's a it's basically a theocracy where the sure. the family and power are gods. Right. As soon as these people are exposed to the truth, I think you'd have a really hard time keeping those troops motivated um, when they're starving to death. Right. And so you the would South see. South Korea troops are very well trained. They're you would, very you would well see, equipped. You would see them being exposed, and how? Exposed to, to cultures outside of North Korea. North Korea is the most isolated nation on the planet. I agree. I think the Kim Jong Il shot an 18 on an 18 hole golf course. They win 100 gold medals every year. The Korean people don't, the North Korean people don't know, I think, th- any difference on it. I understand it. it, but I don't know wh- how that changes. If a war
3: would, regardless if, of, of that situation. Well, imagine
4: your whole, your whole belief and your motivation to defend your nation is based on a lie, and that lie is exposed. And you see that, like, look, look at all the food the South Koreans have. Look at how much better their quality of life is than mine. So, yeah, so
3: I'm going back to if we were to pull completely out of Korea, U.S., how, what, how does that change that aspect that exists now? What, what? So I don't see that that exposure happens any differently.
4: Well, I don't. I don't think deals. that if we pulled out, North Korea would just roll across the the 38th parallel and start. Not like not like Afghanistan. No, I don't. I don't think it would go quite like that. I, I but, think if we if we were to leave Korea, I be, like like I said, I'm speaking about Korea the same way everybody else is talking about Afghanistan right now. My opinion is that it would remain the same, but. It's we have a huge strategic advantage being in South Korea for that region of the world. I agree. For anything it's the same reason why we're in Germany, it's the same reason we have bases in exactly. Italy. Exactly. So that's so
3: that's what I'm suggesting is we weren't we that deterrent in Afghanistan?
4: I thought if you'd have asked me in twenty fifteen how Afghanistan would look in 2025, I would say we're there forever. I, w- I would say we did it the same way as Korea. We'd have we'd have pockets. It'd be, it would be a permanent venue. So, always talking so, about becoming a rotation, like where you would just, yeah. instead of like going to like Korea, Korea, you would so, just go to Afghanistan for a year. T- right. So
3: I think that's to my point. So are we are we as a world better off five years from now having pulled out or worse off, is what I'm saying. <laughs> because what I'm saying is, I think if we were to pull out of Korea... Five years from now, we would be worse off, world, as a as in in the world, than we would be staying. Again, stalemate as as the current conditions are.
4: I don't. I don't fully. I don't disagree. But uh, I don't think anything. Where, with South Korea, you've got North Korea. Like that's the issue there. Right. I don't. I couldn't see. This is just based on what I know about. North Korea. I couldn't see that becoming that that heating up if we left. Now as far as Afghanistan, I think I think we would do more good to re- is, to remain there, to have a presence, presence there. Yes.
3: And I think that's yeah. my point. Yeah. That's my point as much as I think the American people say generally, we need our troops out of there. I mean everybody 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 wishes everybody wishes that everybody wishes we did not have to be the freaking the the stabilizing Police factor around the world, around not the world. That
4: unpopular opinion when i was there in 2017 y'all forgot we were there well a lot of people didn't even realize we were still there when i told my when i told people like hey i'm going to afghanistan people were like oh we're still there so if y'all were that I, upset about it you should have been a little louder about us still being there
3: well I, i'm Please not saying I, so, I, I think you're missing my point my point isn't that i was that upset about us being there i'm saying we are a stabilizing – the U.S. is a stabilizing force around the world. We have military uh, bases around – we have military bases in Africa. If, if, if we pulled all of our troops and military bases out of Africa, Kenya would be freaking overrun. I agree. There, okay? There's a strategic yeah. so,
4: advantage to being in Afghanistan ex- based off the, the region. <laughs> it's the same reason like Iraq. There's a strategic advantage to being in Iraq. Right. There's a strategic – but we have – Military bases in Qatar. Um, there's a handful of other ones in the Middle East that I'm gonna, I know I'm going to forget. I know we, we have good relationships with Romania. Strategically, Afghanistan is of strategic value for its proximity to Iran, its proximity to Russia, its proximity to China.
3: So I think you're making my point. I probably
4: am. It would be you better are. in five
1: am. years from so now if we were
2: still there. If we were st- as a presence and not as a force going out right, and fighting right. battles. Agreed. I think yes. That, yes. Jeff yes. was getting that. We should be that's, like Korea. We should be this there doing operations, training,
3: and being being, and being, the, the, big brother, say, being the big brother, being the big brother
2: with the plane back here going. We'll you, you don't want to come it. here. Yeah.
3: Right. And and, and that's what and again in, in South Korea that's what we are. We're that factor that's telling that guy you don't want to come here right well, and so that's that's how it it holds it holds the the it helps thing hold together the line. Well, and i and again I, it, I don't think and you probably know better than anybody in this room but i don't think most americans understand the american military presence around the world that is doing exactly that in different places for instance i mentioned in Af- africa there how many people know how many bases we have in the continent of Africa that is stabilizing that continent? Oh, very very, very few. Very few. Right. But they're there and you have to understand why they're there and what would happen if they wouldn't be there. But yeah. people so don't want to know.
4: From looking <laughs> at it looking at it not as an as a should we be there for the sake of Afghanistan, but should we be there? Is there a strategic value of us being there? Yeah. We're in agreement on that. Right. Yes. There is strategic value of having troops in the Middle East.
3: Right. Right.
2: Should right. we be fighting? I think Jeff's get. That's what Jeff's, I think my point, what I get out of is Jeff said, we should have been there, but as a Korean force, not as a fighting force, but right. as a presence yeah. there and as a, maybe a support for continued education of the Afghan army to the point. I mean, Korea was in the 50s, so this is 2020, so we've been there for 70 years if you want to talk timeline correct is that my math right, right so 70 years the 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 culture in 1950 in north korea and south korea was different than in afghanistan because you're talking of hundreds of years of fighting each other where the koreas were one my history yeah but I,
0: I think what i've heard it's not the army it's the leadership of afghanistan right, right. but it's the it's, but it's the leadership if you don't have a strong leader but in 20
2: years you didn't have time to create leaders in 50 years if you years, can't
0: create a leader in 20 years yeah but you you're were, never going to create one i think what, and i think that's what the problem well, is but so, i wonder
2: what 20 years well i wonder what 20 years into north korea you had or in south korea we had if i, I if, could you go back in time and go in in 1970 what was the leadership in south korea's Ability. Could we have pulled out of South Korea 20 years later and went, have a nice day, we're out of here? Well, what we're would still there. a good plan yeah. well, I understand. Yeah. But but if we would have pulled out 20 years in, what would have happened to South Korea? We've been there 70 years. That's two, two maybe three generations of leaders. So how old were you when you went in? 21 okay so 21 if we'd been there 40 years later you'd be 61 if you just stayed in the military say you were an Afghan I'm the American I come in I'm here for 40 years you started at 21 it's you're 61 now you're still in that military you're now you're at the leadership point you've been under kind of my umbrella for 40 years The guys that were there when you started have long gone. So that old school, I'm going to drop my arms and fold are done. Now you've been like, I've been watching these Americans. They they do this way. I'm standing and fighting. I'm going to teach my guys that you stand and fight. You hold your ground. And I think that's the difference is we tried to change a culture in 20 years, which isn't a generation. You were still, the guys you started training were 40. Now they're 60. You didn't have enough time to get the old guard out. You needed to get the old guard out, let the new guard, the guys that are saying, I'm going to die before I'm going to lay down my gun, you needed them to get old enough to be the leaders I, I before think, you pull out. I,
4: some, of it, some of it goes back to how, how tribal that area yeah, is. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, right. like, I'm not dying for Afghanistan, right. but I'll die for Wardak, or I'll die yes. for, for... Yeah, Obama, it's a whole different... We, we, right. we
0: There's no, there's no way the, the five of us understand... The culture there. No, I, we, I mean as much as we like to. But I mean, as far
2: as an army though, you 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 didn't. Twenty years is forever, and I, like I said, I have no experience because I wasn't in it. But twenty and on the outside looking in, twenty years is nothing because you didn't change a generation. That isn't one generation. Change. But it's
0: it's not the generation. It's the culture that they've grown up for hundreds of right. hundreds of years. But I'm just saying that's that, what you can't change, and that's what we're seeing. So,
4: uh, what what I saw and this, this is the first hand things I saw a regular Afghan army unit was not that motivated to go out and do anything Afghan special forces were motivated to go do something It was a different. if you put an Afghan special forces soldier next to an a-, a-, a regular old ANA soldier they were different human beings
0: so why is the Taliban I, I guess I go back to why is the Taliban so driven and an Afghan army not that that's what I mean, they're both cultural. My world is gang. It's kinda of like the gang mentality. If you get if you're
2: uh the Crips in a city and you start picking the best you start getting the cream and the crop and they're not looking for the the little guys are, are being diminished. it's just
1: you're picking the cream well, of the crop. One,
4: which one pays which one pays better going into well, placing IEDs or joining the A and A? Right. I would, that too. I would I
1: just wanna make one point to one thing here. Um North Korea has not crossed the DMZ because of the support. The Taliban crossed the DZ, the DMZ because of lack of support. So right. you can look at that across the board any way, way you want it. If there's support there, North Korea does not cross into South Korea because of the support. But, the so North African Korea and the Taliban, they left. They crossed that bridge because of support left. And they, the, the support left. And when it left, it left the army that currently they're vulnerable.
4: But the right? Afghan never... They're. There's not a literal line in Afghanistan. The Taliban There's was not. always right. there. There's not, you're right. And and every every province had an Afghan Taliban sure. had, a, had a Taliban shadow governor. There was a shadow Taliban government.
1: See, that's a part we
4: every, don't understand. right. We're in right. every Afghan province and it was always on your 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 high value target list. Hey, we got the the Afghan shadow or the Taliban shadow governor of this district. We got the shadow governor of that district. These guys were always there. Sure. They never left. That is Yeah, just see, that's what's totally different.
0: You know, so it's mixed in. It's, yeah. it's we, we really it's, don't understand, and, we and, and don't. because we don't. that's not how our government works, right? You yeah,
4: know? Look right. At well, Korea, it's Korea's not how line. we think. Is yeah. a line in Afghanistan's a donut. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Right. Well, and the thing is, is is, is w- their lifestyle. And, and bear me a minute here. Their lifestyle has, throughout the generations, they have been taught and raised and. And into that type of environment to believe that thing, it's so no different than the, any anybody else. United States is the same way, right? Um, the it's there's just a bigger a bigger drive or a bigger group of power that proves that what they can do is for a greater cause, and that they're getting people to buy into their cause. And and like you said, there's different cultures of the Taliban. There's different beliefs in the Taliban or Afghanis also, right? Just like there is anybody else. And I, I like the idea of what someone said the other day. If uh, if you think that winning a big game brings you the ability to recruit, then they just won the Super Bowl in Cabo. all right yeah, right. Yeah, Absolutely. They just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think. That's and then all the team players on the opposite team and our losing team are getting ready to jump ship and go to the new team, which makes them stronger. Right. And we're seeing that now. And but the reason why we're seeing that is because their lack of other support. The military support for the United States has left, and amongst other things, as well. Well, I think to, to again,
3: I think Ryan kind of mentioned. I think one of the things you have in what I'll call uh, kind of these immature governments, in that the, the Afghan government, there was a lot of corruption there. This, you know, there the, 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 and, and But you, but understand, you can go around the world and you can find those. Third world governments, where the heads of the government are so corrupt, it's not funny. Washington D.C. Right? Well, I'm, yeah, <laughs> and, and and first Who world, but right. You know what I'm saying? It's so third, it's just like, so so it's just like it's just like in Haiti. You, yeah, you exactly. Heard, you, yeah. Heard what went on. Example, you heard what right? went on in Haiti down perfect there. It's example. corrupt is corrupt as corrupt. You send them all kind of money, and and they're take and the, never and the head of the, the government's people. take. It's not getting to the people. Right. So I think kind of coming back around to. Um, Dwayne talking about how long we were there so in in the time that we were there there were things that were happening that did and would have changed the culture over time yes such as allowing girls to go to school and giving women more rights right Right. um i mean that to be quite honest with you (laughs) giving women more rights in the in the united states plays a big role in how we how we as a government operates now absolutely so how you know that doesn't again that doesn't happen overnight or over even maybe a generation it's so stabilizing the situation enough that that those things can continue to grow and build to the point that they have women in leadership yes because now they can be educated that's all gone that's, that's, we, they just flipped the switch, and girls are not going to be going to school. Women are not going to be treated right, very well, and they're certainly not going to be any kind of leadership roles. But after, I read it as,
4: as, as far as Afghan culture goes, everything you just talked about is, is pervasive to the Afghan culture. Right. I, I agree. Um, they, that's, that's not something culturally that they've ever been okay with. A woman showing her face is pervasive to their culture. Right, that is not something that they're okay with.
2: Well, was it? But honestly, has that? I mean, because you, uh, on the outside looking in, we read this. Well, you know, Iraq in the '70s was a. Was, they show photos of women with more Westernized then, and then it went backwards. I mean, Af- it was Afghanistan was the same way. Like so, I said, in the '70s, so, Afghanistan was. But, the but is way that so? Is it not culturally that it was there, but it got hindered for 30 40 it's a return years return of control That's and what it is. and now it kind of got back for 15 20 and and then now the sudden the door is going to get slammed again because i i read an article yesterday where uh it was a woman activist in a in afghanistan was Telling everyone she knows, burn all you know, delete your history. Yeah, burn delete, your diplomas. Burn your diplomas. Right. Yes, go and they were exactly. going to shopping going malls. malls door to door. Well, and they well the them. Afghan women were going to shopping malls immediately trying to buy stuff to cover up with sure. because they were afraid if they were uncovered they were going to be killed. So, but they said the stores were all closed the first day because the Taliban had already raided. So they're freaking out because they've got no way to cover back up to try to hide from the the oppression that they know is coming.
4: But much much like in the U.S., like. Kabul's a lot more progressive than the rest of the country is. Right, right. If you would go, I was in Puli Alam the majority of the time I was in Afghanistan. You didn't see a woman's face walking around Puli Alam. But that Logar I, province, that was not in Logar Wardak. You didn't see a woman's face. You were flying but around. You saw you a full In Kabul, burka. you, did, in Kabul
3: you Kabul saw was a more, much progressive. more progressive. So again, yeah. how does that bloom? It only blooms time. with some kind of stability in time. So and I go and so well, I mean, even look, think look as, at, look at Iran. Iran was, if you went back before the revolution yes. in the 70s, Iran was a very freaking progressive country. It was a, it was a vacation place to go. Oh, yeah. Yes. It was yeah. very modern. Right? Yes. Very, very modern. And, you know, women were very westernized. Not so much anymore, right? So it, it, that, what I'm saying is that culture can change, but it does take time and stability.
4: But as far as it's changing the look at look at the U.S. U.S. for example, look at progressive cities in the U.S. Try to take those progressive values to Laurel. Right? Is it right. going to work? If we went into Laurel, if we went to Laurel, Indiana, and said, "Hey, nobody gets to have a handgun here,"
0: whoever that said that would be shot.
4: Yeah, <laughs> it's very similar. You can't go in these areas yeah. and say, "Hey." So I, going to I show guess their the question,
0: one of the questions, is, are we right as a country to push push our Western civilization and our Western values on other countries?
4: It's a million dollar question. Should, yeah. should we, be, should right we be doing that? In sovereign nations' elections, if we don't agree with them, should we be overthrow hey, Governments we don't it, it agree with. It took us several <laughs> hundred
0: years to figure all this out. We still ain't yeah, we it may out. be
4: wrong. We didn't we didn't invade <laughs> Afghanistan to go to war with the Taliban. No, we didn't. Right. Not. We invaded Afghanistan because Al Qaeda was there, had right. training networks to commit terrorist right. attacks outside the country. Right. right. The Taliban just has so happened to be the one in charge of the country. Right. And John Rambo and Charlie Wilson were, were key in putting those guys in power.
0: Right. We just need to send Chuck Norris over to take care of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we watched, see, uh, it, we
4: watched it, Rambo 3 when last time I was deployed. I'd never seen it before. And the whole time we're watching it, we're like, this guy. John Rambo's the reason why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Son of <them>. a yeah. <laughs> But, I
2: mean, to go back to I still. A, yes, everybody wanted everybody out. Uh, me, personally. I wanted it to be a South Korea I wanted it to be I, I for stability like you said for stability for the for the world I guess that just to be a base right. I didn't want troops going out doing deploy or doing right. uh, recon or doing the I what you the say? fighting the, the fighting doing the fighting be the support be the back the backup maybe or just be the training guide for it but to to spend 20 years and then just go we're out I think we wasted those twenty years. The guys like you that, that gave the time, that gave everything, and to me, we kind of pissed it away in in one afternoon. Well, I, I
4: don't, I don't like, and I'll I'll disagree with you there. I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like anything I did in Afghanistan was wasted. I don't feel like my time was pissed away there. I feel like if if, if my if not me, not not Ryan Patterson's presence, but I feel as though the effort that was put in over the last twenty years, if one girl got a college education out of it. If one little girl lived a life that she wouldn't have lived 20 years ago, thank then you. that time was worth it. I right. actually don't feel like my time was wasted there. Well and said. I see a lot of people who are down on themselves saying, oh, we wasted all of our time there. I see a lot of people who have, who couldn't find Afghanistan on a map saying, we wasted our time there. Right. My time there was not wasted.
1: So you gave one girl a voice, and that's all that
4: matters. If, if, we, if somebody's if life is one, better because of one thing that happened there, then we did our jobs. Thank you.
0: So, I mean, we've talked about our troops coming out. So, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is stuff I got off. You brought notes. I brought notes. He's scary. He does this to us. So, in July, (laughs) you know, we we just went through 2,500 troops. In July, Germany and Italy withdrew 1,100 troops. Uh, In August... Uh, the UK withdrew 750 troops as well, so it's just not the 2500 troops that we had there. It's the, you know, troops from part. allied nations as well.
1: Yeah, you're only hearing our part.
0: Right, right, right. So it's it's just not that the 2500 troops withdrew. It's the rest of the <laughs> allied forces, and She's it's thinking. it's unfortunate that the Afghan uh, leadership, you know, and it sounds like that's what it is. The leadership, you know, took the money and ran. And there's nobody to lead the uh, the the Afghan forces now,
4: and so and with all those pulling out too, the, the presence, the 2,500 troops that was in Afghanistan, they were at Bagram, they weren't in Ghazni, right? Ghazni fell a week ago. Why right. didn't it fall before then?
0: Right. It's just a, it's it's like having a big brother. You know, you don't mess with this little kid here because there's a big brother. Right. That's exactly. And when right. big brother was gone,
4: That's my point. It's like I said yeah. before, we went from easy mode to hard mode. Um, I'm right. talking. To, for right. those of you who don't play video games, imagine you're a farmer and you've learned how to farm with a tractor your whole life, and now you're handed a, a horse and plow. And Are a, you going to be a good farmer now? Right, probably exactly. not. Right.
3: Well, that's, you that's know, a good. That's a good. You, dish. you know, pointing on that,
1: I, and I and I always point back towards this, but I believe if it wasn't for oil, money, and power, we wouldn't be switching in other countries, but. Uh, and, and genocide. Let's put genocide there as being another one. Uh, if
4: genocide was an issue, we would be in China. And like, yeah, Korea. I was going to say. So
1: genocide's on the bottom of that list. but Sadly, it be, unfortunately. unfortunately, it is yes. on the bottom of the list. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that's why I look at that, too. Obviously, there's somebody getting a coin out of this, and that's the way it's
4: going to so be. Well, so Afghanistan, Afghanistan's major export is opium. Right. Yeah, so right.
0: right. That?
1: And the biggest issue in the United States right now is, is, opium. is opium. Right, so.
0: Right. So initially, the pullout was supposed to be uh, on May, September, 11th. September 11th.
4: Initially, it was supposed to be in May. May. Right, May, May 1st. First. Donald yeah. Trump signed it to be executed in May. Right. Uh, under but conditions, but, under but, conditions.
0: But, yeah, the conditions weren't being met, so right. it got pushed back. So then Biden initially said September 11th to co- coincide with. So why do you think they went from September 11th to and pushed it up a month and left
1: a Rec-
4: month early? Recognizable day. I think pulling out on I think pulling out on September 11th was in poor taste to even say we're going to pull out on yeah. September 11th. I don't disagree, but I don't. I can't tell you why we picked August.
0: <laughs> that was about August <laughs> right. 11th, about a was, month earlier. Did they have a calendar and a dart and
4: just went? There, there it is. I don't. I can tell you why yeah, the timing was what it just, the timing was. It just kind of. Do I think it'd have been better than September? It'd gone smoother. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah, I, I don't
0: no. think there's any. I think what everybody is seeing is there's no way we could have pulled out 100%. It just Listen, and that's why you know and it was originally May and things weren't happening. Like you know, it just you either going to no stay good answer. or
1: you're going to just write the check and be done. I mean you have the choice. But when you write the, the check did and write the be, check billions yeah. of dollars. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and lives.
0: Not and just lives. Do- right. dollars, lives lost. Right. And now what do you have to show in return? Sounds now like we're me. sending five thousand troops back over yeah. to try to
1: They wrote a bounce check. Yeah. Just Yeah.
0: Uh, I think I don't I, agree I'm I'm more India, disappointed. But... I know we want it out of there. Um, and now you're I mean, I saw some stuff today that said the military intel said, Hey, this is what's exactly what happened. Is what's going to happen, and it was ignored. So that that's a little concerning. What's uh, and I said it earlier. You know, for the leader of our country not to say anything for almost a week while it's all going on, and you seeing all these images on the news. I mean, at least come out and say something. It's a problem.
2: Yeah, to see the video of the Afghan people falling from that plane that, w- right. that took off, and you, well,
1: and, and, and the guy and said it yesterday. If you're willing to fall from your death from 2,000 feet off of a hanging off of a plane. Yeah. Because you're willing yeah. to, you're wanting to get away from what's there. There's a problem. Oh,
3: right. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. certainly panic. It's certainly desperation. And, but you, I don't you know. get Did it. you guys,
1: yeah. I watched a video over and over last night. I showed it to Margie. I said, watch this one guy run by the video.
4: The one that's smiling and waving his arms? Waving,
1: waving his arms. Yeah. Do you see that guy? No. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. running by in the video. Is going to, he's smiling and waving his arms. Well, hey.
4: but again,
3: they're, you know, that's the, part
1: of the, the opposite pride, right? So,
3: well, yeah. So. Sure, you're going to have a mix of those people, yeah. right, that are on one side of That's that right. thing right. or the other, and he was probably yeah. happy about what was happening. Yep. Right. And then you saw the desperation of many others, de- right? right. Uh, the desperation right. to get right. out, and still, so, and
2: still desperation.
3: Oh yeah, it's going to be going on for a long time. It's going right. to be it's going to be real ugly. So I guess I think for me the uh, just the long term effect of this, and I, Reuben kind of made the point, you know. The Taliban is going to build from this and Al Qaeda will probably build from this. You know, they're going they're they're going to go in and these these young men, teenagers and even pre teenage boys, are going to be recruited into and they're going to be reminded how they were abandoned by the United States. So they're going to grow they're going Try to it. grow up with a okay. hatred for our country. And and I just don't know five, six, seven years ago what that develops into as far as uh a world concern. the
4: Glenn well, and, and like I've said, like the United States culture is pervasive to Afghan culture. Everything right. we do is perverse. That's right. Right. So it, it's it's not that hard to spin it in a way like look at how terrible these people are. Right. If you're if you're using to, if you're our values, very conservative yeah. Islamic culture, right. and then you tool. look at right. America. Right.
0: Yeah, our measuring tapes a lot different than their measuring Absolutely. Tool. It's like going from metric. To standard. That's right. I mean, there's a different – let's call it metric to Stone Age.
1: Yeah. Well, but, well, it but is, the point it really is, is, if, we, if you're well, enforcing our – if you're enforcing what we do in our Western society on in our society, that's part of the problem. But I,
0: that's not why we went over there no, to start not. with. No,
1: it's not. Right. It's not
0: why. We went over there for, A, our security.
1: But that's not how they see it, right? It's the culture that they live in. They're saying, why are they pushing all this on? We don't want this, right? And so, I think it's so, a combination so, like,
4: of all. Just our culture, like, this is yeah, this is opening up a whole different can of worms. Our sure. culture is very offensive so to, to, other, to other cultures. The way we conduct ourselves. Right. And well, sitting here like, I'm, 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 drinking. Yeah, it's offensive yeah. to some of us. Alcohol, <laughs> um, while women what, are there playing while, games. What we watch on TV, the music we listen to. How it's, we conduct ourselves, the language we use, our, the, you know, our our religion—it's offensive to some we of do us. Or do not conduct religion. Right. It's right. it's offensive, right? To, especially Islamic cultures, right?
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's this is a long, deep subject which we're not going to get into. You know, the, the initial subject was uh, pulling out of Afghanistan. So, obviously, all of our listeners have heard all of our views, and Ryan, who served three tours over there, you know. We appreciate your viewpoint. Definitely. Definitely. I
4: appreciate you guys having Like, I appreciate, you know, something that has that always bothered me the entire time I've been in the military or been affiliated with in any way is there's a, there's a victim culture perpetuated with veterans and people in the military that, like, oh, we should feel bad for these guys. And it drives me insane because it creates self-pity among people where they won't go and take care of themselves anymore after they get out. They expect everything to be handed to them. Um and it just drives me insane. We have so many benefits for education. There's so many benefits through the through as as bad as veteran affairs are, there are so many benefits there that can be used. But society has created this, these poor guys, so this victim culture. And it, and it... So it wasn't that way during the I, I world
0: wars, it started after Vietnam. Vietnam.
4: Vietnam. Well,
3: so I think here's this it's some of the I think the way that the Vietnam. Uh, troops were treated coming back right so i think that is part of the recognition of how poorly they were treated and so we still kind of uh are trying to make up for that i think i think as, yeah, a, as so a country World War I, World War II. so so to i think ryan's point almost to the point of just assuming that they're all victims Right. Um, and, instead
0: and, of what, what they really are, our heroes. Absolutely. Thank you. You know, World War I, World War II, those folks, those veterans came back. They were our heroes. Right. What happened after Vietnam was a disgrace, quite honestly. Right. Right. For those guys went over there and, and risked everything. And just like your generation going over and risking everything, you're heroes. You're not victims. You're heroes.
4: Right. So, yeah, like, I'm, I'm all about, like, hey, I appreciate everybody's admiration. I appreciate this. I appreciate that. But, like, this is one of those unpopular opinions. Let her rip, rip! The pity is just—it's just what. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The pity in the victim culture. I, I've seen even, even among like veteran brands, veteran-owned industries, and stuff like that. There's a lot of victim culture amongst that with like veteran bro t-shirts and things like that yep. i saw a, a company
0: uh, there's money involved in well all absolutely that, there right. is that's, that's um
4: there, there i saw a company today post a thing on facebook that says it's about time we go to afghanistan and teach the taliban who the u.s is we were there for 20 years <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. I, feel like, exactly I feel like they're, they're well are. aware the of taliban what's knows, going on.
0: so here's the deal if you haven't listened to the podcast the taliban knows who we are right. we left Right. They know who the Afghans are, and that's why they're rolling over. So gonna... other,
4: other brands will do it. Nine Line Apparel drove me as saying two, three years ago, they tried saying, like, oh, we got denied a Super Bowl commercial because of our political views. Like, you got denied a Super Bowl commercial because your company, Pay the for... entire value of your company is not worth 30 seconds of Super Bowl commercial time. Right. But they played the victim. Right. They were like, oh, they and won't to do this media. because we were in the military. Right. And they got all kinds of media exposure. And them coming out and whining and saying they were discriminated against because their military didn't get one. Was yeah. well worth it, right. but they could have never afforded that commercial. I did no. the. I argued this at length, and I did the math on it. Their whole company was worth about a, a thirty-second spot during the Super Bowl. Right. So um,
3: I get your point about about, and I understand you don't you don't feel like you should be treated as a victim. And I have never done that because I had a brother who was in Vietnam, and he had never acted like he was a victim. He's he's always been stand up. He do, he's never used how he was treated when he came home as as part of a defense or a, of anything he ever did. So I guess I kind of, you know, and he was substantially older than I was. Um, and I, 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 I remember him coming home from the service. So it was actually years later for, before I realized how that all went down when they came home. But he never had... Any indication that his that he was better than anybody else because of his military service that anybody owed him anything because of his military service. My father was a World War II vet, um, and he he was the same way. He never never indicated ever that he did anything other than his job in the military, and nobody owed him anything. My brother was that way. That's the way I was raised. I never I never pitied any of these guys and um um, unfortunately i think um, we do we do sometimes overcompensate for how the, the vietnam vets were treated when they came home and um you know at the same time i appreciate every one of them i appreciate you ryan for your service and everyone everyone not everybody you served with is a great
4: guy. Oh, now the right? best, the so, best, and so, the best human beings I've ever met. I met in an army, and the absolute worst, worst garbage right. people yeah. I've <laughs> right. ever met. In an so, army from so army. understand yeah. just because it's, just because they
3: a, they can say they were a, a, a military veteran, don't mean they were a, they are now a good person. Right. And so it's just like anybody else, just like anybody else in the room. Right. You was, know, you get to know somebody, and you make your determination. It has nothing to do with right. with. Right that military background or not right so but be f- uh, but be clear i appreciate your service um, i know all these guys in room appreciate your service absolutely and
2: before we get off here i got i apologize i my my choice of words of pissing away <laughs> the 20 years oh no what but, but i mean i i didn't mean it that way i just think and i, I get what your point is, and it's true there how many lives were saved and how many people Got what they would have never seen without those 20 years, but it just would have been nice to finish the job. Well, and, and I, I didn't don't know if there is a I finish. Didn't take,
4: I didn't take offense to it. Right. I was going to say that at some point during the conversation anyway because I felt like it needed to be said. I feel like people who have, who have been to Afghanistan need to hear that your time wasn't wasted. Right, right. right. Uh, right. No, Absolutely. That, and I didn't you know, I didn't mean no, it that well, way. it was just the cho- wrong just, choice he, of words. You gave me a good segue to get it out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so here's the problem. Here's a problem. Ruben has no drink. My drink's gone. Mine's jingling.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. And I've enjoyed this conversation. This is very so, good. I, I appreciate it. So invite. on
0: behalf of line, 1524 Ryan, we would like to thank you for coming on and talking about Afghanistan and your time there. Uh, it's been, to us, an enlightening podcast. Probably yeah. one of the most... We have a lot of fun with our podcast. Right. This is probably the, one of the most hard-hitting informational ones right. that we've ever done. And thank you.
4: Yeah, I appreciate the invite. Anytime, guys. And thank for you.
2: keep and for keeping it real too and just getting right. the information out cuz like you said, we're the we're the idiots sitting at home, we watch the news, we hear what we hear, and we don't get to talk to people who've been there who who can tell us this is what really happens. So, well, and thank and you Like for
4: that. I prefaced, I preface I preface sitting down here with you guys saying like some of the things that I feel and I will Converse about or not popular opinions. No, okay. but that's fine. Like, there's definitely somebody's going to listen to this and be like, "Ah, oh, but that's I don't fine. like that guy." They do not well, like anything you
0: said. That's fine. We, we have the same thing when we talk, so don't, don't <laughs> worry. Right. Sometimes it's between us.
4: <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I wouldn't add any of
3: the way. So for cross job. the
0: line, fifteen twenty four. I'm Alan Stenger,
3: Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag,
0: Ruben Hunt, and our special guest, Ryan Patterson. And we'll see y'all next time.
4: Great job. Yep.
0: That was good. What an awesome awesome time we had with Ryan Patterson talking about one of the world's, uh, quite honestly, biggest uh, stories going on right now over in Afghanistan. And he is obviously what we would consider an expert, you know, and his insight on what's going on. And the Afghan people, you know, it's just thanks, Ryan. That's all we can say. Uh, For those of you that uh, listen to our podcast, please help us get a little bit bigger. Leave us a, a positive comment, five-star rating on whatever podcast app that you're using. Uh, you heard earlier, before the podcast started, an advertisement for a bourbon tasting and pie auction. That's going to be happening September 4th at 3rd uh, Place in Brookville, Indiana, sponsored by the Main Street Brookville Um, So we are going to be, when I say we, we've crossed the line 1524. We'll be your official host for that. We'll be uh, doing a podcast as well, and it's going to be a great evening for everybody. So mark your calendars. That's September 4th at third place in Brookville, Indiana. It's a bourbon tasting and benefit pie auction. Uh, The pie auction benefits uh, more Christmas lights in downtown Brookville. Can't go wrong with that. So for Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag. Ruben Hunt, I'm Alan Stanger, and you've been listening to Cross the Line, 1524. Pay no to the bottles pretend, just I just one. out the door.